0: Lady I'm doing great, I'm doing great Welcome to the podcast Life's a Comedy, let's talk about it Got you finally on the screen And I got you on the microphone So we can interview you a little bit And how you got into comedy And why you did it And a little bit of everything So y'all better get ready Oh yeah So let's first start off with uh where are you originally from
1: i am from albany georgia that's southwest georgia uh the home of ray charles and the group field mob
0: those are opposite so, yeah, like Albany, Georgia. That's
1: one
0: you know having both of those uh field mob you know that might have been a good sound together I, I can i can see that <laughs> i i definitely could see that
1: <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: All right. So, um you've been in the comedy field. How long have you been doing comedy?
1: Uh just brought 3 years in uh December. Yeah.
0: Wow, 3 years. Yeah. That that's a long time cuz I, you know, I only been in the game a year, so I salutes to the vets. Uh he is one of the vets. Um I personally met him in Columbia, Missouri. If uh most of them guys don't know, uh he is um one of the guys that did uh the show at sidelines what's it laugh
1: no uh jokes sideline jokes
0: yeah sideline jokes that's right yep you guys uh you and uh, caleb so let's get a little background of you and you know what you guys uh how you came together with that because that actually was booming for a minute it's hard to find people in this college town to do stuff like that so you know talk about that a little bit and then we'll go back to your history on how you got to where you are
1: Okay. Uh, first of all, appreciate that the booming. That's a compliment. Seriously. Uh, so I moved out to Columbia, October of 2017. Uh, right when I got out the Marines, moved out there. My girl lived out there. She was well, she's actually uh a scientist out there at the University of Missouri, so that's why I was out there. Uh, heard about Eastside Tavern. Went up there, watched some open mics. Signed up through Bill Donald, who's the godfather of comedy yes. out here. Yes. Salute. Yeah. so. Shout out to him. But uh, you know, just there, I kind of seen they had their little gatekeepers at Eastside. You know, <laughs> certain people act funny and whatnot. And you know, I, 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 you know, we black people. If you yeah. go act like that, you gotta be good at the crap, yeah, okay? You so,
0: sure
1: do. I seen, I seen Caleb one night. I had to follow him. He set that mug on fire. Matter of fact, I can tell you what day it was: January 9th, twenty eighteen. Okay. He That's went cool. up. Yeah, he went up one night. His family was in there, I didn't know his family and all that, I know him like that yet. But he went up, he blazed the stage, he was talking about, like, broke people that's always traveling. Everybody could relate to that. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. They went crazy for him. And I remember they said I was up, you know, because uh, whoever the host it, they gave you the list. And I remember, I'm like, oh, I'm after this man. <laughs> so, yeah, so he kept it. I went up there, I started a little slow just to kind of let people get over that. You know, and then I went in and I did my joke about my brother. Um, he works at pizza Hut and his street name is Pizza Man Torn. So I went, did that, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I went, yeah, I went, did that, and you know it, it worked out. But then uh, me and him just kept bumping into each other, bumping into each other. Uh, we started doing shows. We we ended up doing a show. It was that's me, him, Noble Russell. I'm not sure if you met him yet. Um, yeah, he 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 was out there at the time, and uh, well, Travion, Travion the money. So we kind of like this little pack and we would be at Eastside and then we got in our mind like, we gotta do our own our own thing. So we started in Jeff City at a spot called Savannah's. Uh, we had packed that house out, that was like May, what was it? May of 2018. So basically like four months later after me meeting Caleb, we started doing some stuff. Um, and then after that, matter of fact, let me back up. When we did Savannah's, the day before me and Caleb Tuna, who's the manager of Sidelines, who was the manager, the owner of Sidelines. Yeah. He said, hey, on his jazz night, it was this guy named Kevin. Real black dude. <laughs> <That's all laughs> oh, I
0: yeah. Black ass dude.
1: <laughs> real black. I'm talking about 314 AM black. I'm talking about that specific, right? Ooh. But he was cool. He was a jazz guy. Yeah. And he, was, he told me, hey, look, he was like, y'all come up, y'all do y'all thing, you know, Tuna was like, if y'all funny, then we might, you know, let y'all do this mutton So me and Caleb thinking we doing individual things. Nah, they threw both of us up there sidelines. Oh,
0: okay. They know
1: about May tenth or something like that of twenty eighteen. They threw both of us up there. So that's how me and him came into that that two man duo. Oh. But that wasn't okay. the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we rocked that thing. Caleb was talking about he he said this thing called off white. Which basically, you know, he 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 mixed down a lot. Yep. You can tell. So when he said off white, I was like, and we was in the door now. I made a joke about Bill Cosby, and it, I it, would it, it was he just said, crazy. That
0: might be why uh, East Side liked them. You know what I'm saying? Had that, he had a little white going for him.
1: <laughs> exactly. It was Jewish, too. He looked like he hunt deer. <laughs> Behind <laughs> <laughs> like the other half of him, I'm just
0: playing That's a shout out yeah, to Caleb. Yeah, he's he's pretty funny too. So uh, definitely follow him too. But uh, go ahead and plug your information real quick so people can follow you. You know, instead of just listening, I'll need them to follow you too.
1: Okay, yeah, follow me on Instagram, Kowalski11. Kowalski is a, I know that's not the standard black person name, however <laughs> sound it sounds black then I said it. I don't know where everybody else be on. <laughs> but Kobaski is spelled K O D D as in Victor O S K I 1 1. So follow me at Koboski 11. That's kovoski O S K I 1 1 in
0: Instagram. All right. All right. I will um, put that in the links. But uh, yeah, so one of my questions for you is that um, basically, you know, what was that moment where you felt stand up was the path that you wanted to take for yourself?
1: Hmm, that's a great question. I think uh, right before I left for the military, uh, right before I left for the Marines, that was 2010. I was watching a lot of Dave Chappelle, a lot of uh, the Chappelle, so I gonna forget that. And I was watching it with the commentary. So they was talking about, you know, their brain into these sketches, the blah, 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 blah. I like, I love the sketches, but I always like Dave a little, a little bit. So, you know, when he. Be, Doing his little stand-up talking whatever he do before he introduced the sketch i was like that right so just hearing him about the comedy game on you know because they used to have the dvd for like thirty five dollars all three seasons That was being like target and walmart and whatnot and sears for some reason um rp the sears <laughs>
0: uh, that's wild
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it used to be it used to be there and just listening to that that made me because i I always was told I was a funny dude. You know, when people be laughing, when you just being yourself, right? People just be laughing. Right. And, you know, I know I got an accent. I ain't got, I don't quite got. Uh-oh. I can't with anything he say, but they always say it was something about my, my mannerisms. You know, cause I've been told I'm a squirrel. I can't stop moving, like I'm paranoid. So it was like, that alone funny, so. <laughs> Wouldn't that
0: be like that's, a that's that's what it, or something?
1: like something? It's like he just can't stop moving. Like I ain't
0: been still this whole time. <laughs> I'm
1: trying my best, <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> but uh, you know, anyway, the first yeah, thing that comes pain. to mind when oh. you say
0: military and then comedy, I, I really think of you of the new short major pain. Like <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, like comedy and you know being in the military. They don't think you know they take, they think that military is serious. And for someone to Mm -hmm. be in the military uh, that, you know, go through a lot of strenuous stuff and different things and see a lot of stuff, you pretty much need comedy in that to survive. I I mean, in my opinion, I ain't been there because I ain't laying on the ground for nobody right now, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, uh, thank you for your services in that. Uh, But so how much like comedy did you use or did you... Put it to use while you were there, or did you wait till you came back?
1: Um, it was it was imperious. It's like once I got ranked up, that's when people knew. Cause they always, uh I, I strike people as if I was gonna do a full twenty years and retire because I was just that motivated. But when I do something, I'm serious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that said, when I when I walk away from it, I'm done with it. You know. So as I got to Corporal E four, uh, Sergeant E five. And I was able to kind of, you know, voice my opinions a little bit, uh, use my personality to show my style of leadership. That's when people could see it, you know. Because I was, I mean, I'm kind of silly, but I say things and it's just, it's witty. And it's like, dang, who is this man, you know? So, once I started seeing some wild stuff, because my first duty station, when I say wild, I mean like funny.
0: <laughs> Your first duty uh, not,
1: station? Not nothing not that'll kill you wild. We ain't talking about that yet. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I started some wild stuff in Japan, because that was my first duty station. I was in mainland Japan. Uh, That's when the writing began in 2011. Like a lot of jokes that you heard, I started writing when I was like 19. So, that's why they come off a little immature, and I'm like trying to catch it to where I am now. You know, 'cause I'm like I'm like a, I'm like a beer factory. I write jokes like four years ahead, let it brew a little bit, then finally start working. My new stuff is only when I freestyle. So. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I do know you have a love for I, raccoons. I love hearing about your raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you, you've been growing up around that raccoon for a long time. Whether it was Grandpa eating it or you talking about them <laughs> in the back. Yeah. So y'all definitely got to check that out that, That's that's one that's fun, funny thing right there So uh, How do you come up with jokes Like what like do you feel pressure With uh, having to come up with A new joke or to be In the midst of what's going on In the world right then and there Like do you kind of like because you say you're trying to catch up From the when you wrote at 19 and then now You're writing like with the times Do you think that passes by so quick like If you don't jump on it that day like it ain't you know what I'm saying? Good for a show that's a month later?
1: No, not not necessarily because I, I'm a cold freestyler. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been some time five I freestyle 10 minutes, and I realized moving back to Georgia, that's a not other people can do it, but I realize a lot of people that in the comedy scene of Atlanta and just Georgia, period, that's what we do. You can listen to them and be like, he ain't right that much. He's talking about that right now. Right. <laughs> like, you can tell because of so I I was blessed with that talent. Uh, I try not to indulge in that too much because I'm you know you seen me go left. Yeah. You seen some shows turn. So I'll <laughs> <We'll laughs> so,
0: do it though. If I feel like you ain't really a com uh, you know if, a comedian if you don't go left or if you don't feel that moment like damn I fucked up but I don't give a fuck I'm coming yeah. back you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, that so that's that's where like I'm not pressured to talk about really anything. Uh, most times, like if you have, a, if I have a string of shows, I don't feel as good. Me, I feel in my heart, I bomb. They might laugh. I'm like, man, I ain't right. bringing much. But so that's that's part of being new in the game. Like, N- did you do your job? I right, then. But you know, we get in our own way. Like, man, we ain't killed what we supposed to kill. now. Nah, right. that
0: I need somebody pussy. <laughs> <busy. laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah. <laughs>
0: So, um, what what is your, like, go-to joke? Like, if you feel like you do, uh, see yourself bombing, there's always that one joke that we go back to, be like, I don't give a fuck, this is gonna make motherfuckers laugh. Like, I if I tell this one, somebody I'm always gonna laugh. Like, what's your right, one so it's, go-to?
1: It's forum, actually. Oh, <laughs> shit,
0: you done been stopped yeah, them. I got forum.
1: That. <laughs> Normally work well, so depending on what I'm looking at, you know, obviously we we hate to separate, but you know, we all got different humor. What I mean by that is, when you doing the different styles of black audience, uh-huh. you got your fluent, you got your hood, you got your I'm hood but bougie at the same time. You know, depending on what you got, right? I'm gonna say some I'm gonna say some stuff about I'm gonna start talking about sex. I'm gonna probably start talking about titties because I'm like the best titty talker ever, right? <laughs> so. I'm going to bring out the titties.
0: Right. <laughs> or so
1: she'll bring out the titties, however you want to put that. The titties going to show. The titties going to come for the party. you know. So I'm always talking about titties. Uh, if I'm in a, a mixed crowd, I'm going to bring up the fact how I look like Wayne Brady. <laughs>
0: that
1: always buys me some time, right there. Yeah, that worked at the
0: reverend. <laughs> they was like, damn, my thought he looked familiar. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. So those two, and then I got this whole joke about um, running with a hard dick, and then I got a joke about, uh yeah, yeah. I got a joke about, have you ever seen two cats fucking? So, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so those four right there, they, they come out.
0: So, but I'm like,
1: oh
0: So when you <laughs> tell back these back. jokes, do you, um, how, like, how do you really prepare yourself? Like, when you tell these jokes, um, to the audience, um, do you scan the crowd? Do you come in there pre-prepared, or... Do you find yourself having a whole book of stuff, and then you just get up and end up doing a whole another set?
1: Uh, it really depends on how I feel, man. I know that's a Pisces answer right there. So <laughs> if I'm uh, all right. So when me and you did our show, we did our show for, for the listeners. We did our show October fifth of last year. We were at uh, East Forty uh Blue Springs, Blue Springs. Mm-hmm. 30, right? That crowd don't necessarily look like they were here, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was, to give you a visual, white people. never wrong with white people sometimes. <laughs> white was, people they were real old.
0: This would have been like the look of this you, me, and Pilate, and about five more people was the crowd of blacks. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly, right? Yeah. So I'm used, like, for, for what it's worth, when I was trying to practice comedy in the Marines, when I was stationed in North Carolina, there was this tiki bar. It was nothing but old white people, so that's technically where I got my start for real. But I was doing it every so often. I ain't get hard till I got Columbia. So making them laugh, I realized talk dirty and do actual jokes. The freestyle is cool, but they give you time to set up the joke. You know, Mm
0: -hmm. you kind
1: of stumble and still recover yourself. So if I'm in a how can I say a mature crowd of white people. I would be like all right don't talk too much race that's the only thing i say to myself yeah. cause i get carried away but i'm gonna do some sex stuff i'm probably gonna like tap on it in the beginning just to be like oh it's one of them shows he looks so clean but this man dirty as hell you know what i mean yeah. like i ain't gonna start you know talking about eating but that's gonna come like 15 minutes later but <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say so i'm gonna say some wild stuff i'm gonna say something about why i don't drink no more you know Mm-hmm. Uh, I throw up, you know, all that stuff, my balls clap, right? Which is another one of my go-to jokes. So that, that's normally only how it goes. If I'm in a crowd full of people I think going to get the majority of the things I'm saying, I'm freestyle, meaning I'm looking at what's going on in the room. And if the room reminds me anything of the trailers I've seen in my life, voila. Mm-hmm. I'm about to talk about the smell. <laughs> I'm about to talk about... Who in here is a cat lady? So it's just just a whole bunch of stuff. So it just depends on where I'm at, you
0: know. If it's a leak in a roof, whoa. when you're at, when you're, <laughs> yeah, definitely trailers, yeah, uh, yeah. You got a lot of leaks. <laughs> so when you are in it, when you're in a room and you're telling your jokes, we all know that there's hecklers in some point or fashion, whether they talk back to your, uh, you know. Jokes that aren't really a conversation, but they want to answer everything, or they want to be a part of it and make themselves known. How do you find yourself reacting to hecklers that you have came across? Have you even had one before? Oh yeah,
1: I'm probably most known for hecklers in Columbia.
0: Oh it yeah, ain't never I, I been. Th- a, yeah, oh. I forgot. Yeah, you you've had some rough times at some point, but you you keep it pushing.
1: Yeah, it ain't. I don't think it's been a show where someone paid to see me and, or paid to see the, paid the to get in the door, paid to mm-hmm. see the comics, the show, and I didn't have a heckler. It's almost to the fact that it was like, hey man, it's this, it's this short dude named Kovatsky, man, he'll talk to you in the crowd, this is taking random shit, and he'll be on your ass. I swear that's what's the word, but anyway. <laughs> most, <laughs> most times I just deal with it, like, it depends. If I'm doing shows back to back and a heckler, heckler Kind of got the better of me, meaning like um, I ain't just Throw shut it off. down. Yeah, I ain't just shut it down and move on. Yeah, I'm gonna let that next heckler, the next show, just all right. That was that. Move on. But if I'm if I'm feeling that flame, like all right, you got a cricket wig, your wig stale. You know what I'm saying? You missing a tooth. <laughs>
0: <Now> <laughs> the most know, <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, I thought I mean, like, they your ass. But see, I think like, that's what they want. They want to become a, part of the show. They want, you know, mm-hmm. so that's why it's kind of hard, like, should I let them be, or should I acknowledge them? Because some people do it just to be, you know what I'm saying, seen and, and heard. Uh, So it's it's kind of, depending on how the show goes, because if my show is kind of slow, I'm going to use your ass. Yeah. You want to be part of it? Okay, let me let me use you. So I was just wondering, that- you know, how, how do you handle that one? So... Yeah, them hecklers, they everywhere. They always think they funnier too. The ones that think they funnier, get on up there.
1: Hey, listen, they, they think it until I look in their eye. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was one time, like something in what you said, like if it's going slow and you're looking for something. I did that probably twice, mm-hmm. and it worked and did not work at all. So I was just like, hey yo, I almost ended on a different name, you know, man. My name been Tyrell. Y'all have a great like <laughs> <laughs> don't
0: even look for <laughs> <with> me. <laughs> My dad ain't me. I don't even look for me. They said there was a different dude on the on the on the flyer. No, I don't know who that was.
1: <laughs> oh
0: no. Yeah, I definitely is- feel that. So I know you talked a little bit about uh, Dave Chappelle, which is so crazy because I don't fucks with Dave Chappelle like that. I mean, I, I, his funny is a different funny to me. And I think he just kind of went more political, and that's why I went more, you know what I'm saying, the opposite way. Because he does get very in-depth with some of his jokes that are like, I'm just like, I don't mix that and political together. I mean, I just don't find too much comedy in anything political. And everybody's different. So, like, who is a comic um, that you look up to? Like, who you, you kind of like, maybe... Watched and kind of ob- uh, observed to kind of see their style and how they did things. Like, who would you say is your like favorite comic?
1: All right, uh that's a load of questions. So, my favorite comic is Chris Rock. Oh,
0: uh-huh.
1: okay. So, his, yeah, he's a little dry sometimes. You know, he he's a comic, like you can tell, it's written. You know, he ain't really too animated. So, but the comics that I really look to and kind of figure myself out, because I knew I loved comedy when I was a kid, so I can I always say Jamie Foxx, Martin Lawrence, just watching them. Yeah. I always say, if you mix Chris Rock, Martin Lawrence, and Springfield, Cat Williams, that's me. Right? Yeah. Everybody see the kid's part of me, I guess. I don't I mean, I'm sure it's there, because when I wanted to do comedy, Kevin Hart was, like, really becoming that superstar.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, so yeah. I, I wouldn't knock it, you know, but yeah, I'm, I mean, Patrice O'Neal, Bernie Mac, just, how strong Bernie Mac voice is. You know, I, my, you know, my voice is strong. Like sometimes I was hollering at the crowd, like, wait a minute, this is not a Marine, this is not a platoon. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: So, uh, demand so their yeah, attention. So what's that? Demand their attention.
1: Yeah, you know, because I, was, I was, yeah, I'm pretty good at that part. So it just, yeah, that's your question, your Cat Williams. Chris is my favorite. Like, Chris Rock, Cat Williams, that's one and two for me. So, if I you love could meet day somebody, would through. it be
0: Chris? Know, like, if you could meet somebody and spend the day with them, it'd be Chris?
1: Oh, that's different. See, I don't really want to meet Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to the ass I mean, I'll meet him. <laughs> no. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. But uh,
0: I don't want
1: to answer the question Cat Williams. That'll be that for me.
0: I yeah, can't you know wait. what? False, I yeah. think you and Kat will be fighting by the end of it.
1: Maybe it's possible.
0: Cause it, y'all both got that little man syndrome, and y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all gonna be fighting. That's not stupid, nigga. What do you think? <laughs>
1: that's a laugh? The funny, funny thing about that is I no longer beef with other short men, cause that's just entertainment for everybody else.
0: Well, you don't want beef with no tall women. <laughs>
1: Nah, they, they tall dudes won't fight me cause I'm small. They gonna be like, what? when am I getting out of that? You know what I mean, so, <laughs> I'm in a perfect position. Only people only people that want to beat up are people who are shorter than me. So,
0: <laughs> Lord, that, I don't even want to visualize that you and Shaq going at it.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: Uh, toe.
0: Lord, so how do you practice when it's time? Like you got a big show, like. Do you be in the mirror be like, yeah, what's up? Like, or do you just sit there and look at, you know, what you wrote? Or do you drink? Do you, like, how do you prepare for a show?
1: Okay. Um, well, one, things like this, like talking to you, you know, you're a comic, uh, doing an interview, just talking to anybody. That's how I prepare for my delivery.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, some comics have to be a, a different person. You know, they have they have a different voice. They hold body language and they get all like this and shit, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And comics, man, what you see up there is doing they walk off. Yeah. I like to think my that way.
0: Yeah. I and haven't. D-ray figured and, that out.
1: Okay. What's that?
0: D-Ray and all them. Yeah, I think they are naturals.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I haven't quite figured it out, but for what, what I've been doing for probably the past year and a half, two years, um, I just work on my delivery and my timing through just regular conversation or when I'm talking comedy with other comedians or when people ask me about, you know, how's comedy going or whatever, whatever. That's how I work on it. As far as my material, I write it. I look at it in my book. You know, I'm looking at it. I try to remember what I can remember. Obviously, you ain't going to always remember for Word, you got to work that muscle memory. You know, you got to, mm-hmm. as you said, it comes to you, more stuff start coming. So I don't, be, I can't do the mirror oh no that is the worst thing
0: i'm, I'm like, like stripper, damn, is that what i look kind of... like when i say that word
1: huh
0: <laughs> i'm like that's what i look like when i say that word struggling and shit
1: <laughs> exactly exactly like i i, I don't I, I don't do the mirror thing but that basically, i just get in i just get deep i close my eyes and be like
0: yeah
1: all right we gonna we gonna go for it we gonna we gonna let the energy um uh, you know take us there you know so I like going first because I get to set the tone. And I like going after a motherfucker who just blazed it. It's just hard to do that a lot. Like going after somebody who blazed it. Because you might ride their way for like the first five minutes. But hey man. (laughs) Walls are real.
0: Yeah. yeah. That that is difficult to come behind somebody that's so strong. And then next thing you know. and, And I've seen it. I've seen people feed off of. Like, they've done it to me, um, you know, I'll, I'll set the tone for how I want it, and then the person after that feels like, oh, shit, and they are like, well, you know, like Mo said, I'm like, well, damn, like, you know what I'm saying, <clears throat> like, they, but they have to kind of get into their groove, and then they kind of move off on their own, but I, I, I realized what they were doing after I've seen it a couple of times, so I definitely get that, um, so, you know, it's practicing material because I think the number one thing that I get from people, and I'm not for sure how many people asked you that, like, um, oh, you're a comedian? Tell a joke. I'm so sick of that shit. Like, what yeah. the hell do you want me to tell you? Like, so, I mean, when you meet people and you say you're a comedian, how does your, uh, re- how is their reaction? Like,
1: Yeah, same thing. And I, I, I just start grinning. And <laughs> most times I nah. Uh, <laughs> or a show, you know what I'm saying? I'd be like, it's a it's a preparation there. I mean I, I can be funny, but not because you say it. It's like I guess true comedians are like that. You just can't tell them to be funny. Right.
0: Now, we might
1: do funny stuff, like we might buck our eyes at you or you know, get your ass on somewhere. You know what I'm saying? We might right. do something animated like that. But just to say something funny, probably not. Like if <laughs> I'm wrong for this, but if it's an Asian woman, a white woman, and depending on how much I like her a black woman, I'll be like, I'm gonna drop my dick on your forehead. Like I say some shit like that, <laughs> and they'll you're leave like, me alone okay, after that.
0: Yeah, right. You know, I actually <laughs> I, I agree with you. Say some fucked up shit, and they be like, oh, uh oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Take your ass on somewhere, ask them stupid ass questions, or you know, right. I'll, I'll conversate and then I will end up saying something, not trying to be funny, because I'm really being a smart ass. But they be like, oh my god, you're like funny. I'm like, really.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I would say, I, at first, when I was really, really, like that very beginning, I would just start making fun of what I looked like, and that'd be that. You know, I'd be like, I look like a a, a meatball with a goatee. Like I'd say some wow, and then just to, you know what I'm saying, just to get them,
0: ah, you are
1: funny, right? So I just started making fun of me, because right there, you're looking at me, you know. so
0: I, I, I don't know about a meatball. I, I would say a little, a little burnt sausage or something, but not a ah. meatball. <laughs> You're not that (laughs) round. (laughs) So.
1: And everything. That's hilarious.
0: (laughs) There is always, and I'm not gonna say that I've met, but there's just a point where you kind of feel like, yeah, this, this, this is where I'm supposed to be. So, what was that memorable? Like, what stage was you on? Where was you at at that moment that you was like this is what i want to do like this is what i want from people it's like you got that recognition back from either the crowd the person promoting the show like there was that one show that just made you be like damn like this this, i i I do this this is what i do like can't nobody take this from me
1: it had to be the most
0: memorable moment like you would never forget it unless something else came along but a moment that gave you that aha like this is this is my moment
1: i want to say when we did sidelines our first show at sidelines i want to say because it was a decent crowd i think we had like eight or nine comedians and of course everybody brought one twosies or whatever and then some people who who go to sidelines, you know, they stood, you know, and and that moment right there, I felt like, okay, I can do this. That second show we did, July of twenty eighteen, it was packed wall to wall. Obviously, this pre-COVID, of course, it was That's packed cool. in that thing. St. Louis Comics, and me and Caleb, we set it off right, and then me and him did our own little separate set and everything, and. So it's those two moments on first two shows right there. That first year of sidelines was good. That second year was even better. But on first two shows, it's like, we produced and we killed our sets. Yeah. You know, once you produce a show, you realize it ain't easy to still go to go kill, especially if you're doing like everything on your, like, well, most things on your own. Obviously, right. uh, the owner and the manager, whoever, you know, they, they maintain the building and right. you know, the, the food or whatever. Yeah. Is, but
0: you still got to make come sure down, your people like, are comfortable. You got to make sure your people are comfortable because they come in to see you You had to get the word out, you know telling this yeah. telling that person. Okay
1: Yeah, now like, you the promoter you everything. I'm talking about yeah. you the equipment you you yeah. out there being the, the little parking man with the little vest I'm over. I'm the host of it. Like you doing it. You know, I mean people got attitudes, you know, but hey man That's part of the game. Yeah. So yeah, I would say don't two moments probably more than July Show, uh, that July 2018 show that was like, okay, we could do this. All you gotta do is keep doing it, right? Know? So, and then not be that region and people come to see us, that was another thing, you know. I'm like, man, I'm I ain't know nothing about it. Come on, I'm that- <laughs> about Missouri, really St. Louis. I ain't know Kansas City was in Missouri. At
0: least you <laughs> really. think you. I
1: have a who from Kansas City, he's like, yeah, they're
0: the same. I'm like, oh, okay,
1: and I forgot that quick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't do, don't do Como, don't do Columbia, Missouri. <laughs>
1: Hey, man, I shot that shit all the time. 573. That's why I got my start. Yep. So, I mean, regardless of whatever, whatever, y'all don't really claim Columbia. A lot of y'all claim St. Exactly. St. Louis and Kansas City. I, that's their city and shit. But Como, Como, man, it's a good medium city, man. It's like Amazon in 1998. Just watch that shit grow. <laughs> oh, Lord.
0: Not Amazon. So, uh, what do you feel like? That a moment that you just died on stage That you like like You literally just wanted to cut your show short And be like fuck this Have a good night I'm Travis Ball or something Some crazy shit and just walk off the stage Like you just felt like it was so fucked up That you didn't even want to be Seen after that Now have you just ever had that Mm -hmm. moment you died on stage You know Tiffany Haddish died on stage When they said she was drunk and just talking Some random shit something and it's kind of this, like bonding, uh, but this is kind of like you literally died. Like you couldn't even bring yourself back. Your ass is giving mouth to mouth to yourself and dying still.
1: Okay, I don't know. I don't know. Like me personally, other comments probably be like, "Nah, you I think, but I personally don't think I couldn't bring back. But I will say, the closest moment to that. I mean, I got man one one Sunday night in St. Louis at the Lab Lounge. I got my ass. Handed to me. I wasn't, so I started off so good and then I just hit that wall and I fell flat and some OG comments coming on after me. Tore me up. Had everybody raised the, the phone with the light playing, never would have made it. Like, man, that nigga ain't funny, man. That, I'll come all But that's still, that's second worst. That's second worst. <laughs> but worse is, um, matter of fact, it was the show it was Picasso's birthday. Uh that show we did December twenty nineteen. And I made fun of his family. And because I went so hard, that's why I was like, fuck, I gotta keep it up now. It was that right there where I was like, damn, you, know, you can just shoot me right now, nigga. I actually got punched after that show. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> you <were> punched <supposed laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> Yeah, she punched my other. then she was like, You so cute, but fuck you. I was like, man, you rag. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my
0: face! Look at my face! <laughs> but you literally yeah, <laughs> that,
1: dog? That right there, because it, it, it went it went left. You know, I had a lot of left things, but I yeah, I, really, I got on her hygiene. She was stank, but I ain't have to talk about the whole family. I could just left it at her. So yeah.
0: <laughs> well, at least she recovered from it and didn't stop you from living your dream. Uh, we you know as far as. What is the funniest joke that you've heard from someone that you just, every time you think about it, like you just bust out, like there's a joke that you just be like that shit was funny as fuck. Like, I need a joke like that.
1: Like Like a uh, memorable
0: joke.
1: A known comedian? Uh Like, I mean, like a famous, semi-famous, or like on our level where we're still building uh, and growing?
0: I I want you to go from, because I want to kind of, you know, help upcoming uh, comics, because we know that there's a history of it, but what, from someone else that you've heard, maybe not as same statue, maybe been doing it maybe 10, 15 years more than you, have someone that's not a celebrity, someone that has not got their uh, their time yet.
1: Okay. Alright, so it's this comic. He, he's semi-famous. If you seen The Trap on Netflix, you know who he is. He's been doing stand-up probably since like 2003, 2004. He kind of, you know, he he definitely long known around Atlanta, Mississippi, Memphis. His name, uh, comedian k I actually just saw this joke Sunday. Uh, he, um, pff, First of all, that was, a, that was a great show. It was somebody's birthday. Lil Duval was there. T.I. was there. It was up there in Uptime Comic Corner. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And K-Dub, he, he, he T.I. homeboy. You look at some T.I. pictures, you'll see him. But anyway, he got this joke about the helicopter. Kobe Bryant, R. I. P. Daughter, the rest of the family, listen to me now. Listen to me. He got this joke about the helicopter. Yep, <laughs> that motherfucker's so funny. I I ain't gonna butcher it. So I'm just gonna little little thing. So anyway, he was like, he was like, yeah, we got news about you know why the, the helicopter went down. Yeah, the helicopter was made in 1991. Yeah, 1991. I know I went down. That alternator went out. You know, you got nine one. That alternator about to blow. <laughs>
0: but I'm telling you, <laughs> I don't know to I
1: can't believe that. Wow.
0: But that's the funny.
1: Ever...
0: But I guess, Norm, if you felt, you know, you know what I'm saying. You got that's some funny shit. But there's some that probably would tune their face up. But that's some. Yeah, that's a good one. I have to hear them and do that one. That's a
1: good yeah, two people threw their face off, and then white people, because she missed the whole joke, and she was tired, because it was probably about how can I say it about maybe twelve comedians went up, and most of them did at least fifteen minutes. All right, I might be lying on that. Eight comedians, most of them did fifteen minutes. So yeah, it, it, they were beating us up, and I want to just turn to them and say, "Welcome to a black comedy show. We got stars on here. Like they were killing it so bad. Duval didn't even do a joke. He tried to do one joke, it didn't work." <laughs> He just performed his songs. Yeah, so, he did one joke. They were like, that crowd was brutal. That crowd booed like four people. Like half the comics.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what makes me nervous. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I guess it's just that. And then there's sometimes you just get out there and black out and just rock it out. And either you you make it or you don't. That's just kind of how you go from there. So who who's told a joke? In history that you still just think that's the funniest shit ever
1: oh it's so silly uh it's I right, it's two that come to mind right now obviously I can quote Chris rock for days because how, how smart they are and even they should feel the but it's two that come to mind three I right, two is Martin Lawrence one is Cat Williams so I'm gonna do Martin first Martin on that run till that or oh, I think it was run till that and he's talking about song the late Ma-, uh, the man get all what is it, the man be all drunk he want to suck a titty and this is why the lady is still, you know, with the milk and whatnot. He like, let me suck a titty and all that. And then they like, no, you drunk. Don't, don't do that. You're going to get the baby drunk, right? It's just that, the voice he did. <laughs> like, you know, you drunk, you try to suck a titty. You're going to get the baby drunk. Like, I don't know why that's so funny. It's his
0: deliverance. Uh,
1: yeah, the second one is his his bit about the fly. That come from his, uh, you know, HBO used to have a half-hour special. I think they was called One Night Stand. Like mm-hmm. way back, like when I was shit a baby, right? But this is from his 1991 special, and it was a joke about the movie Fly, and he was saying about like white women are so you know careful and loving to their man, and he's like, man, let that be a black person, you know. Uh, I def I'll butcher that joke, so I ain't gonna go to. But look it up on YouTube, Martin Lawrence, one night say Matter of fact, you just type in Martin Lawrence the Fly, I,
0: that and he fucks
1: me up. That fly- yeah, I don't fucking say- said-
0: because of that movie.
1: <laughs> but yeah, when, when you man, when he say when he says a brother, uh, you know he can't fly, he ain't got his wings, so he went at the bus stop. You gonna be, you gonna be that right there, Joe, get me every time because just how he did, you know, his physical comedy. And then Cat Williams on that first special, which I think was a perfect forty-five minutes, the one where he is all green, Pimp Chronicles Part One. That's probably my this is my top five. But when he say when he moved out to Hollywood. And they ain't got no manners. Like they'll sniff coat right in front of you. Like, and he'd be like, "Nigga, do you know I can see you? Like, <laughs> every time it's on your nose. It's on
0: your nose, like that." <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that—that's right yeah, that, why I like him. Cause this should be real. Like some shit that you be like, motherfucker, really?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're a bad man.
0: Yeah, I, I still. I still love the one when he talked about his son and his ass being uh just running. I still <laughs> we you yeah. know we as black people we didn't do medicine. We didn't say, Oh, he got autism, oh he's special. No, we just thought them motherfuckers had extra extra energy and just always wanted to play and do something. So yeah, nope. that that's always been one of mine that I liked about that. Cat Williams is, is good at that too. Uh
1: what you doing? I'll be like you want it, Daddy. <laughs>
0: You know what's so funny when you brought up Martin Lawrence and that titty in the milk, it kind of reminded me of Kevin Hart when he did Let Me Suck Your Titty when he was drunk and did the Dorito. I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, put some cheese on my Dorito or something, and he was coming out the club. Th- that's kind of what, and I always thought I was the only one, but I knew there was a joke that was way back that that kind of he just recycled it kind of redid everything. But he, it was a drunk. He was drunk, so maybe it wasn't. But do you nah, ever yeah, yeah. feel that? Um, because you know how I'm saying that kind of was reminding me of that. Have you ever felt like? In the comedy world, people stealing jokes or redoing it theirself because they heard you sound good doing it and then they try to take it and recreate it for themselves. Like, do you find that often in the comedy world?
1: Uh, yeah. At first, like, as a beginner, you know, you thinking everybody jacking yourself or whatever. First of all, most of us get on stage doing hacky material, doing material that's been worked before. The thing that a lot of us got to understand, and once I understood it, you don't own that topic.
0: right? You
1: own your degree and what you say. Like, I do a joke about uh, left-handed people and gay people are the same people. You know, you might never heard no shit like that before. <laughs> but if I do a joke and somebody see an opening there, I don't own that topic. Now you know who brought it to their attention, but if they do some shit completely different, he's like, oh man, he missed this, he missed that. Like, I, And then that's a little touchy. Some people might be like, no, that's feeling because who gonna think of something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, like you don't own the topic, just don't say it. Like I, I hear motherfuckers say, "No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace." To all the tears are released. Like, come on, man. <laughs> now, I mean, I've been saying that for some years now. <laughs> now, now that's verbatim. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it is kind of, you know, um, it, it's rough out there because you really don't, you know, you got a good one, and then you think, well, they just are gonna take your jokes. So, uh, in another word. With people taking jokes like do you feel there's a lot of beef in the comedy world like you know rappers we already know there's all there's beef 24 7 but do you think like there's beef in the comedy world too like or is it just an yeah. industry life period
1: well well yeah it's, it's beef in any thing where money is involved that's one thing mm-hmm. uh i mean it's, it's beef in the postal service you know what i mean like old ladies ready to go ride on other people for hours and some like how you get over time and I don't get over time like it's beef on that level so just imagine when you can make millions in what you're doing like first of all we artists Mm -hmm. so you know how artists are we all got that Erica Badu in us like Mm -hmm. hey I'm an artist I'm sensitive about my you know what I'm saying we we got that so yeah it's beef because you may feel like man I'm funnier than than, than this person but they getting all this opportunity you know you may feel like man this person slighted me they got some problem with me you know, you feel like this person sound like me. You know, I mean, when I first moved to Columbia, they were not making fun of people in the crowd. They would not. They, a heckler can get off at Eastside town. Mm-hmm. It probably was some people who were doing it when I wasn't, and I'm talking about before I moved there, you know, but what I saw, when nobody, they was afraid to do crowd work like that, for real. And I came in, didn't nobody know me, bust your ass off ahead. head. One, I know you ain't gonna fight me. I mean, I was fresh off my deployment at that point. I was looking good. I mean, I was Still buff?
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know I, mean? I, would, I wouldn't worry about nobody, i slap a bitch. you know I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> but that was just part of my, I ain't mean no ill will, it was all jokes. You know, I was just, it bringing you into my world, bringing you into the show, because you know how Eastside Tavern is, man. It's some lot of weird stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, as they, so they say, don't
0: talk about this building. God damn, that's the number one. I was like, that nah, shit, I could get a hell of jokes out of this damn place. <laughs>
1: They don't
0: talk about the building? Yeah, you that's on the thing, like you wouldn't talk about the building. You can't say what about nothing about inside of it or what they the the, the decor and stuff. You're not supposed to talk about it. And I was like, God damn you took half my I'm jokes a-
1: <laughs> Yeah. Man please I, I off the rip. It looked like they hang niggas in that motherfucker. Alright, it looked like I was not supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you only see me in running shoes when I was in there. I wasn't in there with no boots. Mm.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely uh, it that's so you know what's crazy because I'm a Columbia native, and I kind of wish I would have dared myself earlier I should say to get into it or to 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 get into the game and actually just go and lit and live it. Um, cause I felt like I'm just, you know, I, I don't, I never seen it as a job. I'm just, you know, I'm just that person where they'd be like, Oh, Mo, you be cracking me up. Oh, this is that. but i never seen it as make something out of it at first. And I just think that, you know, with you and with everybody else that paved the way here in Columbia, I wish Appreciate. that we would have been able to, you never, um, got to see deja vu. So we used to have a club in Colombia, that actually brought some good people to town like Dave Chappelle's came once um and I was hoping that you guys would get to that level um to make something happen where Columbia would have that again Uh, So, it was sad to know that you were leaving and that, you know, we couldn't um, adventure off into stuff like that. But, yeah, Columbia is one of those towns that people came out to see. They used to love winning tickets and there was a club downstairs, a comedy upstairs and stuff. And, uh, you know, Eastside Tavern wasn't one of those places. Like, we didn't have open mic like that. There wasn't any open mic in Columbia like that. It was, you know, you could see other main comics and stuff so um i think that you, what you guys did with sideline jokes was a very very good thing so uh you never know what's going to happen in the future so um what are you doing now like what are you, what's going on what what do you have going for yourself now
1: uh currently i mean i just been i've been here for what going on well one on my fourth month yeah going on to my fifth month since i moved i mean i've just been doing my regular day job and then going up to Atlanta. I don't live in Atlanta. I live outside. I live in Macon. I'm away from Atlanta.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I just go up there, network, get my time. The beauty about Atlanta is there's multiple mics every night. You know, like St. Louis, I think they got a mic every night and then they got multiple mics on certain nights.
0: Mm-hmm. Kansas
1: City, I think, I don't know if they got a mic every night, but it's some nights they got multiple. Atlanta, it's so many so many people who were who are famous, once famous, whatever the case is, out there they still eating, still doing their thing, and all you gotta do, I mean, people moving to Atlanta, you know, Atlanta probably one of the only big cities, probably the only big city. Oh no, Houston, Miami, and Atlanta are the only big cities that still functioning like COVID never had, right? Mm-hmm. Like people wear they wear they mask on right here, you know. So I mean, they just they just showing to get in the club, but it's here. Right. I mean. <laughs> so, um, I go up there, I network, do my funny stuff. Cause you just never know who about to pop. I mean, mm-hmm. one thing that I learned though is that Atlanta is a different beast. Like I remember when people from Chicago would come do shows in St. Louis or even come to Columbia or Kansas City or whatever, and it's just murdered. Mm-hmm. Man, you say you from anywhere but Atlanta. I do man. I don't want to hear that shit. Check that shit up. Right? I get away with it because I'm, I'm a judge, but you know, I, I'm deep down there. And I call you out on your bull. <laughs> and i be like, You know, I don't, I don't steal Bernie Master, but I really had that look. Like, one, it was a girl who helped me like two years ago. And um, I was just playing. Like, you know, and I, she said something like, No. So, and the whole room just started dying. I was like, Well, I'm. no oh, shit. They got to say much. <laughs> they on my side now. So. Right. Well,
0: would you I mean, ever leave your day job for comedy?
1: Hmm?
0: Would you leave your day job for comedy full time?
1: Oh, I would definitely leave. Yeah, yeah. I just got to, uh...
0: If you had that one thing that just set you off, you'd be, fuck the post. I'm
1: <laughs> out. a poster. I'm a poster and poster, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> nah, I ain't <laughs> shooting nothing. I me clarify to uh, <laughs> really about it. But, uh... Yeah.
0: I'm
1: out, I'm I'm like... I'm like this close, for real, you know. I mean, yeah no. you know. I mean, it's all right, but when you, I tell you, when DC Young Fly came on the scene back in 2014, I was ready to lead the Marines because I'm like, oh, they like this. Not taken away from bro, super talented. He's hilarious, but I went to school with about 200 DC Young Flies, so
0: yeah.
1: with me, I'm just like. I may not be as animated, can dance, sing like he is, but for just funny, for his writing material, if he can do it, I can do it. it was kind of like when I seen Country Wayne blow up, you know, he's from the opposite direction, yeah. he's from the southeast, you know what I'm saying, he's a bad boy, it's great, but that just, that channel, I can do this too, I, I feel like, I feel like for Columbia, with seeing me and Caleb, cause you know, we look young, I'm older than what I look, you know, Caleb, he look his age or, you know, whatever, I know, Whenever I tell people my age, they're like, fuck out of here. Like, people thought, you know what I'm saying? So they looked at us like young bucks. But um, I think with some of people seeing us, y'all felt like, yeah, man, we can, you know, what they say saying is cool, it's creative, but man, I'm just as funny. You know, so when you feel that way, you got to go do it to find out. You know, mm-hmm. I was super confident. I was like, yeah, DC got it, man. I I got it, bro. <laughs> so, so- yeah.
0: That brings up another question, um, and we'll, we'll give you a couple of minutes to, you know, plug in some stuff. But the internet versus in person. So I'm, I'm not for sure how you kind of see yourself. Like, I'm not on the internet every day. I'm not making funny faces. I'm, I, you know, on here. I'm, not, I'm just me. So I'm not on here playing characters, and there's the people that post every day, videos, uh, TikTok. Like, do you think that that helps them get discovered more than us that just put in hard work and hit stages? Because if somebody doesn't come to that show, you know, how are they supposed to discover you? So do you think that kind of being in the limelight of the internet and media is kind of what helped people boost their discovery? or Some of them.
1: The game game is different now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I say that because a lot of like in that earlier than that 2014 to 2016 where you just put up the clips and then now people want to book you for stand-up now that you got enough of those guys who crossed over to tell them like listen that thing is a different beast i i ate it you know hey if you're gonna do sketches you do sketches you promote your sketches right so they if 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 they are about sketches and they still hitting the stage Yes, because people see them, they want to, you know, people, if they pay you, they want they want to pay to see what they saw already, kind of, sorted, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you just want to see that funny. You know, don't bring no no different stuff. Like, people who can't see me, they want to see me get wild and outrageous. When I start trying to polish my shit, they, who the fuck is this nigga? You know what I mean?
0: So, I've <laughs> actually <I'm> had <laughs> a bomb like that. I try to switch up and so, say, well, maybe I'm too raunchy or something. And then when I was trying to be clean, they were like, who the fuck is, what? Where is
1: that? I was that, like, oh, it, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They fell in love with that right there. They yeah. fell in love with how you get down. You know what I mean? So, and with those sketches, a lot of times, it's like they may be interested because, uh, let's say like Desi Banks, right? He, he do the stage, he stand up and all that. And, yeah, he had a big following, but he also had, well, at least from what he, from what I see on the uh interviews. And stuff. I don't know in person. I don't know any of these comics personally at all that I that I've uh, mentioned today. I mean I know K but you know
0: But if you wanna just, talk to us, hey <laughs>
1: <laughs> But um but anyway besides Caleb in the, the Columbia, I know them man, I know you. But anyway uh Desi, you know he said how Ricky Smiley Hey man, I got five minutes a spot for you. People wanna see you. I like your videos. Like when you got people like that in your corner yeah. who prove it, Tommy again then yeah you know and then that's really a credit for your ass i opened for this guy you know i did a guest spot, and he you know requested me so so uh, to answer your question in a short form yeah the looks are quicker because there's access but like tuna said the owner of a uh, salon ain't no better promotion than word them out yeah and he will write about that
0: and, you know, it's, it's funny that the word of mouth and, and how things get shocked because then people are like, well, where is this guy from? And then uh, I'm for sure you get that when you went to shows, people were like, oh, my God, you're so funny. I like you and I follow you. And you're kind of like, dang, I didn't, you know, you, there's people that know you that you just didn't know that are watching you. They're watching what you do and how you promote in every show. There's somebody in that corner that's there for you and, and riding for you and you don't even know it sometimes.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, the thing is, man, the people, your audience will find you, and those people that 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 like you, they do, of course they want to see more of you online. So it mm-hmm. that pressure there. Yeah. But if you showing it. your heart and soul, like listen, that ain't quite my lane. I'm gonna figure out what my lane is. Like this is your lane right here. Like mm-hmm. me, I want to start a podcast and everything and talking and all that. I feel like that's my lane. Sketches, not necessarily. I can write and there's some sketches, but I ain't. You know. That I don't feel like that's me, but it may be a skill I develop later. So it's like you feel that pressure from people who support you. But the thing is, you just got to keep on that journey and let God open the doors for you. Yeah. You know, you are when for what he would call the hard work. You you didn't put yourself up to be stoned. You know, cause when you bomb, but don't nobody want to shake your hand. Don't nobody want to
0: talk to you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that is that's, that's very hard. Uh, Dang, we you know we can go hours and hours and hours because that's just who we are. You know what I'm saying? About talking about this life and the enjoyment of it. And uh so what what you got coming up? You know, plug that in. What's what's going on with Kafasi? All
1: right, let's see. What do I got coming up? What do I got coming up that's meant to be plugged in? So I will be visiting Columbia, uh as I told you. Um okay. Lake's still out there, so You'll see me every so often, but I'll be out there at the top of April. Hopefully, I can get three shows going uh, in Mexico, Missouri, and Blue Springs again. And then that other one probably be like a workout out there in Jeff City or whatnot at the Tavern. So I don't really have anything solid uh, as of now besides actually like,
0: Keep an eye out.
1: North, all Albany, Georgia, my hometown. I got that show coming up with J.D. Carter. Um, my sister-in-law, former sister-in-law, I should say, but she's still my sister to me. She's married to my brother. That's a weird dynamic to perform next to, but hey, it's all good. It's still family. Yeah, until she shit. talk
0: about his ass, but wait a goddamn minute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the big deal down there. And Gabe, um, man, I just met him. I wish I could give this his, his hand to but he's a funny dude, man. Like, yeah, a little fat white boy. Yeah, he hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: alright yeah I'm gonna have to come down to that Atlanta scene and see you but yeah we definitely need more stuff in Columbia uh, so when you come up this way definitely uh, reach out and, and make sure that we make something happen uh, Columbia mm-hmm. needs it so I don't think there's been no funny shit going on since y'all left oh man, man that ain't yeah. much love for that
1: Seriously. I know right yeah. so,
0: you know yeah.
1: we uh, go ahead my bad. No, no, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Me, me and Caleb, man, we really try not to ruffle feathers like that. But as you know, as you do things and people try to mimic you or try to do, man, listen, it's going to be a lot of fallouts. And I can't say for him, but for me, I got in so much quote-unquote beef <laughs> with people out there over comedy, man. I'm like, what? Like, I remember when you didn't want me on the stage. Like, I'm talking about pints and punchlines, And those and Rob Harris is the man. He didn't know me like that, but other people, whatever the hell they were saying to him until he saw him you know, until he yeah. came to that, that second show at Sideline Jokes. That's when he was like, you get on. Like, dude. I used to write flight schedules. That's what I told people. That's what I did in the Marines. I was aviation. I was in the um uh, in the tower next to the air traffic controllers. And then when I went into I write flight schedules. So it was like. If I could put a flight schedule together in different countries, you think I can't put no show together? You know who you talking to? So I had like a little arrogance about me and whatnot. And I, you know, I toned it down, but it was also like, man, I just want a different scene. I don't want to only be at Eastside. I don't want to yeah. only be doing lines Because the way they made a scene was like, you had to be like super funny. And then when I went to shows and support, these people pulling out their material and they still bombing. I'm like, oh, oh. Huh? Yeah, I get mean, so that a is. lot
0: because people are like you've never used a piece of paper or a book. I'm like, I-, I just, I'm just, you know, I don't have, I don't be trying to be arrogant. I just, it's just different for me, you know. But um, I- I'd say that Blue Spring show, that was one for the history for me because even the fact that I told a Trump joke to an all white audience, basically, and still got the laughs to the side to the core. I felt like you know what I'm saying. It basically all black cast. I think it was yeah. Mm-hmm. And you yeah, know. that's
1: like, why. I, but it's cool. We are gonna run it back too. That's yeah, I'm and on, I felt now.
0: like you know what I'm saying. Everybody did their part. There were some jokes that just hit, and everybody in the audience. And that's what we need is to kind of come together as a group too, because sometimes it takes more than one to conquer something. So um, okay. yeah, that you know. 21 sure.
1: 21 run it back yeah and, and we and we in works right now they got uh, some renovations happening and I'm trying to work hopefully they can let me get a Wednesday or Thursday and you know I will talk offline and promote promote that show you know so I mean the when I left I would say the week I left that's the most offers I got for any show during my two-year run you right.
0: at? where they was at when you was here like
1: shit why y'all wait till i leave <laughs> exactly but it's one of those things you know man we had our own show so people just seen it like you and K look good you know and yeah uh lines did we'll see down we'll see down the road but it definitely helped a lot of funny funny comedians especially from st louis and, and kansas city kind of find themselves again because whatever reason and, I, and this is just personal conversation i had with those comics so I ain't naming no name, but find himself again. And, you know, man, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm that dog I thought I was. And that's what me and Caleb, me and him need to grow. We were just one year in the game. I'm one month ahead of Caleb and stand up. So one year, we just really good at talking shit and reading the crowd. We need to help structuring jokes. (laughs) We need to help with our timing. You know, we need to help really, like, the timing of making sure people don't go over too much, you know, so all that. Yeah, but we just... Some likable dudes, and you know we we was trying to help build the city and become a pair. It ain't quite, you know, it ain't work out the way we thought it would, you know. But hey,
0: y'all, at least y'all they gotta, know. Y'all trying to come in the city, you know what I'm saying? Y'all gotta let the natives help y'all out. Y'all can't just be trying to come in there and take it all. Y'all, you got, you got, you know.
1: Know the right family, the right family adopted me. That's the only reason why people will mess with me. They like, oh, you know, them crazy motherfuckers. If it wasn't for them, you wouldn't know that man, the right family. I'm about to get them tagged. <laughs> right on my heart <laughs> or some shit because <laughs> okay, those some real people right there, you know, they know everybody. Tuna, you know, Tuna, real too. I mean, Tuna, he hate when I tell this story, but uh, him man, Big Mike. When I came in there to pitch the show and all that, I know they had other people trying to do their thing. You know, you don't know if you can trust people, whatnot, whatnot. And, you know, they, 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 ignored me for a little bit and I'm glad I ran to Caleb. Caleb told Miss Shantae. Miss Shantae talked to them and voila, we got that opportunity. And that's what it is. It ain't about what you can do and what you know it's about who you know, you know what mm-hmm,
0: I mean? So, it, is. No, no. it definitely is. Yep. Well, we're going to have to work something out. We're going to have to give these people some time. Uh, you are um making your own podcast so we know we'll look out for that uh might have to do some sharing with you on some stuff and collaborate uh right. you out there <laughs> yeah. okay all right so uh when's your first do you got a date yet or are you still working on some things
1: Still working still working on my actual release date uh okay. more than likely you are going to be my first guest. So it'll be coming right back around, and I uh, plan to drop every Monday and Friday, start to week any
0: week. So gonna um, be a lot of energy. Well, you know, we didn't uh, get to the last like we wanted to because, boy, I tell you, we got some but, but, you know, gut busters that would keep y'all rolling. But um, definitely follow, learn, understand. Y'all can reach out to any one of us. Uh, Kavaski, plug your information one more time for the people. Instagram
1: At Instagram, Kowalski11 It's big one 11 At Kowalski11
0: Alright alright Well y'all we had Kowalski George In the building He gave us his insight on laughter And jokes and how it uh, Has made his way uh, So make sure y'all follow him On all platforms This is Lady Mojo With Life's the Comedy Podcast Thank y'all for listening Uh, and definitely tune in for the next show, so thank you guys for coming out, you guys have a good night.